Hey, Amanda, remember that time someone broke into Buckingham Palace twice? Welcome to Remember That Time, an historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all their favorite moments in history. And we're doing it, folks. It's happening. It's time. It's time to discuss Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, my God. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Um... I have a lot of notes, so... (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a big one. We're... This will be a two-parter. Yeah, it'll be a two-parter, and they might might both be kind of long. I'm not sure. I don't know how long they're going to shake out to yet. Well, and we will just simply have a lot to talk about. Yeah, so buckle in. (laughs) Yeah, get comfortable. Um, Would you like to get ready with a drink update? Of course. Great. I'm having some hard cider. Ooh. good. I'm having some water. Perfect. A classic for a classic. I probably should be because I'm going to be talking a lot. but So you know, much, yeah. I do have some on deck just in case. <laughs> um, apologies in advance if it sounds kind of funny because I just moved into a new apartment and we are still actively moving and unpacking. So I'm like <laughs> recording on an old microphone and there's a lot going on. So The whole place sounds different. Yeah, the set, yeah. the editing is going to be fascinating. There's a lot <laughs> going on here. New set. Brand new set. Brand new set. For <laughs> sure. No soundproofing. I'm sitting underneath the AC. I can feel it. I can hear it. I can see oh, it on my wave. Because yeah. by the way, it is April, but the AC had to come on today because it's like 80 degrees. Fully, in fully, our, fully. Our neck of the woods, which yeah. is wild. Yeah. Oh, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, the month of King Charles III's uh, coronation. I forgot. So... Let's talk about his mom. <laughs> yeah. And all everything, right. and, uh, and what that all did to him. Yeah, well. We're actually not going to talk that much about it because there's so much to talk about with her. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other person we're really going to spend a little bit of time talking about is her husband, just because it matters. So Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's just get right on into it. Let me triple check that I'm recording just in case. No, we're good. Okay. Panic, panic, (laughs) panic. Okay. So Elizabeth is born on April 21st, 1926 at her maternal grandfather's London home, um, 17 Bruton Street in Mayfair. And she is, of course, the oldest daughter of then Prince Albert, Duke of York. And Elizabeth, Duchess of York. Mm-hmm. Um, and her father is, of course, the second son of King George V. If you are interested in that, we did an episode on him. Yes, so we you can did. learn He's a little bit more about that. such an interesting dude. Yeah. Um, and her mother is the daughter um, of a Scottish aristocrat. So she's also very wealthy. Highborn, as it were. Yes, yeah. Um, Elizabeth is baptized at the private chapel on, in Buckingham Palace on May 29th. And her full name, she's named Elizabeth after her mother, Alexandra after her paternal great-grandmother, and Mary after her paternal grandmother. Right. Um, who at the time was queen consort of England. Mm-hmm. 
Her family calls her Lilibet, which I think we all know. Yes. Um, and they the reason they call her that is because that's how she used to pronounce her name when she was little. She that's very cute. Uh, I, it is very cute. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think Lilibet is such a cute little name. Mm-hmm. Um, she is very close with her paternal grandfather, the king, at the time. And she calls him Grandpa England, which that's is also, also adorable. cute. <laughs> Um, her sister, Princess Margaret, is born, born in 1930, um, and they're actually very close when they're children. Um, we'll touch a little bit on Margaret in this episode. She could be her own episode. She's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, but there's also a really great documentary on, I think it's on Netflix, uh, specifically about their relationship. Mm. So I highly recommend it. I don't remember what it's called, but it should be pretty easy to find. Do you want to know the best documentary about their relationship? The Crown. <laughs> <laughs> oh don't catch them don't let them catch you calling it a documentary they're gonna be mad they're calling also, for me they're knocking now, on my door you've adjusted your camera to the point where i can only see your nose up <laughs> i don't know what happened but it all of slowly sudden, fell back because the table is very anymore. wobbly okay um wow this is going great so far uh-huh i'm having a i'm having a real you should see <laughs> if only the listeners could see my setup right now because it's really something it. it's really something okay so the sisters are educated at home of course because they're rich and royal <laughs> um and they're educated under the supervision of their mother and also their governess uh marion crawford they mostly study history and language and literature and music at this point. Um, when she uh, was young, Elizabeth loves horses and dogs. Um, her A love that continues her whole oh, life. Oh, yeah, her whole yeah. life. Um, she is considered to be very um, responsible and sensible. She's kind of, she's very well put together even before she has to be gonna be queen (laughs) yeah Yeah. even before she has to be yeah yeah she's like the royal older sister you know she already had that personality you can totally see that dynamic of like the kind of perfect one and the kind of more fun loving one Uh of the two of the sisters um she spends most of her childhood at the family's home at 145 piccadilly it's her townhouse in london um and then also a lot of time at the royal lodge in windsor um, when she's born, Elizabeth is third in line for the throne after her uncle, Edward, and her father, Albert. It must be interesting growing up being third in line, just removed from what we know happens to her. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you both have, you both get to live as if you, you'll never get it, and just in case Could you might get it, moment. all yeah. the time. And that's fascinating. What yeah. That does to the brain. Totally. Um, Well, her grandfather, as we know from other past episodes, dies in 1936, and Edward takes the throne. And then promptly does not take the throne. Well, we'll get there. Um, And that makes Elizabeth the second in line after her father. Edward doesn't have any kids. Now, the assumption when he takes the throne, however naive, is that he'll probably get married and have kids, and, and Elizabeth will never have to worry about it. Right. Obviously, that does not happen because about a year after he takes the throne, Edward abdicates so that he can marry um, the divorcee, Wallace Simpson. Uh-huh. Twice divorced, big no-no in the Church of England. Big drama in the end for the best. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, Homegirl was a Nazi. But, 
As you will, oh yeah, as you will see, much changes in how these types of things are handled yeah. throughout Elizabeth's life. Yeah. Um, so Elizabeth's father, Albert, becomes king. He takes the name George, um, becomes George the Sixth, and Elizabeth becomes the heir presumptive for the mm-hmm. throne of England. Now, you might have noticed I did not say the heir apparent, and there is a reason for that. It is because she's a girl. Uh-huh. Because her role can be displaced. If her parents have a boy, he moves up above yes. both of the girls. Yeah. And um, it was at an age where they could have had more kids. They were both like... Yeah, it was not super likely at right. their, their age, but it definitely could have happened. Yeah. They they had two girls who were older and seemed like they were done. But there was a... They, they could have had more right. kids. Right. Could have yeah. happened. Um, yeah. The, the thing that makes this... The case is called the male preference uh, primogeniture, which essentially just says, like, the boy goes to the front of the line, even if he's not. Which the isn't oldest, a thing right? anymore. Right. So, it doesn't matter because no boy is born. She's next in line for the throne after her father. So now she's very likely to become queen, uh-huh. like, very likely. Uh-huh. Um, though, again, her father is pretty young. I mean, He's not in great health, ultimately, but they didn't <laughs> yeah. really know that uh, that much at the time. Yeah. Um, so she's like, all right, well, I'll probably be queen, but it'll be a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she starts getting some different education. She has to be educated in constitutional history. Now, she has to learn about, like, life at court, quote unquote, which is obviously not the same as it, it used to before, be. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she has to know these things. Well, she, she now has to get... A, instead of having a royal's education, she now has to have a royal education. Right. You totally, know, like yes. she has to to Instead of just a, a rich person's yeah, education. Yeah, get rid of all yeah. other education she was getting anyway just to study what a, being a royal is. Right, totally. Which is wild. So she gets a private tutor, Henry Martin. He's the vice provost of Eton College. So he comes to tutor her to become queen, basically. Uh-huh. Um, she also starts learning French at this time. And you're going to like this, okay? A Girl Guides Company, which is basically the British version of the Girl Scouts. Okay. Um, it's called the First Buckingham Palace Company, and it's formed specifically so she can socialize <laughs> with girls her age. So what do we got, guys? It's a kid court. Oh, my God. It's a kid kid court court plus Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah. It's a Girl Scouts kid court. It's the rich people's Girl Scouts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It's so exactly. different to the origins of our Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very different. Um, But Girl Guides already existed. It's just that this particular company is yeah. formed for her to be a part of. That's really funny. Um. She's also enrolled as a sea ranger, which I didn't read up too too much up on. Um, that sounds like some Scientology garbage. It does sound like that. It's not. It like is actually to do with boats and stuff. I think. Um, I didn't read. <laughs> I didn't read about it too much because again, like we're spending a lot of time on this and we don't need to be. You oh, know what I mean? But but listen, <laughs> it actually has to do with well, boats. Am I wrong? No. Are you going to look at me and tell me I'm wrong? (laughs) Oh, man. So she, Elizabeth, is a devout Christian. Uh Uh-huh. Influenced a lot by her mother, who's also a devout Christian. Um, And Elizabeth is going to be head of the church someday. So that matters. (laughs) It kind of worked out well for her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So she... 
Um, her mom and her grandmother, Queen Mary, um, who was the consort to her grandfather, you know, you get it. Yeah. Um, they teach her and Margaret kind of about royal etiquette and, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so many steps to everything in royal life. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and she also has a really close bond with her father. She spends a lot of time with him kind of training up, learning about the job, mm-hmm. and they really bond. Um they're very close because they kind of share this thing that nobody else in their family can really fully understand because they're both now they both have to be in charge and never expected to yeah they both they've both experienced that sudden shift in a way that nobody else in their family did for sure well i mean they all had to shift but not in the same way right not even close right (laughs) you know um, okay, so this was interesting. On May 18th of 1939, um, Elizabeth's parents do a tour of Canada and the U.S. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth stays behind. She's not really out on the royal duties just yet. But on this trip, they make the first royal transatlantic phone call back home to Elizabeth. What a very specific first to exist. But they first had never... royal transatlantic phone call. It is interesting. It the is royal very... family had never done that before which is interesting yeah i don't know i just found it interesting yeah it is (laughs) it's just what there's all kinds of specific little tidbits and things firsts of the royals Mm. especially during her life oh we'll get to it changes we will absolutely get to that amanda toward the end yeah well of the next episode Listen, I'm having a great time because this is also the time period of history that I teach my kids. Yeah. Um, so I am um, currently deeply entrenched in all of this um, and I'm having a great time <laughs> talking well, about this. Let's keep going, Amanda. Yeah. Because in September of 1939, guess what happens? You know what happens. That's World Britain, War II, baby. Britain enters World War II. That's exactly right. Um, so it's suggested that Elizabeth and Margaret should be evacuated because they're royal and children <laughs> and yeah they're evacuating a lot of kids at this time they want to send mm-hmm. them to canada to avoid the bombings in london um but their mother says no she says quote the children won't go without me i won't leave without the king and the king will never leave and she's right yeah as we know from the last episode where we talked about um albert mm-hmm. uh <laughs> king george um the king and queen stay in london um now the princess is don't they stay in britain but they don't stay in london they are separated from their parents right um i told my kids about that specifically because i thought it was such a specific and interesting thing that he chose to yes and both of them yeah i found interesting because you would think maybe they would send the queen with the girls yeah one because she's a woman and that was how they treated women but and i don't mean that negatively it's just like the attitude is like the women and children leave and also, because Elizabeth is very young, and if something happens to the king, she, the mom would probably serve as regent yeah. for a little while. Yeah. So that's that always surprises me is that she stayed. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so there the girls are separated from them, and they stay at Balmoral in Scotland, which mm-hmm. becomes one of the queen's favorite places, and we'll come back to Scotland, yes, obviously. Indeed. Um, and they stay there until Christmas of 1939. Um, then they move to Sandringham House in Norfolk. Um, and they, from February to May of 1940, they live at the Royal Lodge in Windsor, which again is like one of their kind of family faves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they move to Windsor Castle and they stay there for about five years. Mm-hmm. 
The worst of the bombings only lasts until mid-1940, but still. Right, yeah. right. but they're still, you know. There's still a hostile, war on. And they're still children. There's still a so, war on. Right, exactly. Um, while they are at Windsor during that time, they would do um, Christmas pantomimes. <laughs> Just little like family plays, you know, uh-huh. um, in the in aid of the Queen's Wool Fund, and that fund brought yarn to knit into military garments. Yeah, so it was like a war effort, you know. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting. It's very interesting. Um, in 1940, when Elizabeth is 14, she makes her first radio broadcast during the BBC's Children's Hour. This is a very famous broadcast because uh-huh. she talks directly to the kids that had been evacuated during the bombings. Huh. Um, I didn't put in all the like quotes and stuff in here, but you know, she basically says like "all will be well," and she encourages them, and you know, she she's very popular among the people because she's kind of willing to speak up during this really turbulent time at such a young age and right sets maybe, a precedent i just had a, a revelation maybe next year i'll talk to my kids about narnia yeah you should i should see if our english teacher will do narnia excellent books and film mm-hmm. yeah. and film and film um <laughs> in 1943 uh she makes her first solo public appearance um, she visits the, I'm going to probably say this wrong, um, Grenadier Guards, um, which is like a regiment mm-hmm. in the British uh, Army, I think. Um, and she has been appointed as the colonel of this regiment. Yeah. As the princess. Yeah. She's the, she's the princess, so she's the colonel. Uh, Why totally not? normal. Couldn't, couldn't serve yeah. in that if she wanted to, but yeah. she's the colonel. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> yep. Classic. Yeah. Um, so at this point, she's almost 18 and Parliament decides to change the law. Well, we've moved up a little bit, right? So she's almost 18. Parliament decides to change the law so that she can act as one of the five counselors of state in the event that her father is gone because... Mm-hmm. There's a war on, you know, mm-hmm. um, like when he was in Italy in July of 1944, she acted as a counselor of yeah. state. So she's kind of doing not I never want to call it governing right. at this stage but of the, the monarchy. But it's the beginning of her royal duties. Yeah. Royal duties. Yeah. That's right. Her formal um, royal duties. Because we're at the point, we're at a weird point in the monarchy, too, where only kind of recently in the grand scheme of history have they stopped really like running the show right they're also, apolitical now which is really interesting but also during wartime he was right. very involved absolutely and the monarchy was very involved yeah. so it's a really weird time yeah it's because really before then time. they had stopped being so involved but then they had to become involved again because of how right. intense the war was and yes yeah yep very interesting mm-hmm um, in February of 1945, she's appointed an honorary second subaltern, whatever that means, sure. in the Auxiliary Territorial Service. Um, she trains as um, a driver and a mechanic. Yes. I knew and she's her. given the rank of honorary junior commander, which is basically the female equivalent of a captain uh-huh. back then. 
um, which I found really interesting. I knew she had trained as a mechanic. I didn't, I don't think I knew that she had trained as a driver. I did. She drove, she did some driving during the war, like not just through her training. Like she was mm. sent out on small things. Sure. Oh yeah, I guess I did know that. For, because she is one of the only royal, royal women who has who, served right, in right. a war That's because right. she did technically serve. She didn't just have the title. She technically served because she yeah. did stuff like Although this. a lot of it was like, she goes out for when they need the cameras to see right. her or the Absolutely. people to see her. Yeah. But she did actually, she was old enough to quote unquote serve. serve. And she yeah. was also old enough to drive. And so that's right. like what she did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when the war is over, she goes out and she's in uniform. She's wearing, she wears her uniform. Okay. Well, yeah. let's talk about the war being over. So yeah. at the end of the war on Victory Day, mm-hmm. uh, Victory in Europe Day, um, Elizabeth and Margaret beg their parents to go out into the street because they want to see what's happening the in the crowds. Yeah. So they let them go. They go in disguise, incognito, mm-hmm. and they mingle among everybody, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that's so funny. I was showing my kids video of V Day not that long yeah. ago. And yeah. um, I was pointing out because... Uh, when Elizabeth died, it was during the school day. So I right. told yeah, all my kids I about remember. it. And the next day I like went over the ti- this, the timeline mm-hmm. of her life in context of what we talk about in my class. Right. Um, and so we, we've been talking about Elizabeth a lot this year. Not on purpose. It's just what happened. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. And timely. then I was showing them clips from VE Day and I played them Winston Churchill's speech. And then mm-hmm. I was showing them the royals going out on the balcony to celebrate. Only time they've had a prime minister up there yes. with them also. Yes, that's um, right. And she's in uniform. I was talking to them about the fact that she served in the war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So also during the war, um, the a big concern in Britain is Welsh nationalism. Yeah. This is a big concern for a lot of British history. Um, that's why the title Prince of Wales exists. Uh-huh. Um, and there's kind of another, that kind of feeling around Elizabeth. They want to affiliate her more closely with Wales. Right. Um, so they propose that she be made Princess of Wales on her 18th birthday, but the king does not want that to happen. <sighs> Because he thinks that that title belongs to the wife of a prince of Wales. Okay. We get it. And that title goes to the heir apparent. But not the heir presumptive. Exactly. Even though. Which is like, just when we start to to like. (laughs) Just when we start to be like, that guy was kind of cool. Oh. He was still sexist, though. Let's and was be still honest. a monarchist. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So she doesn't get that title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in 1946, she is inducted into the. I I, I don't speak Welsh, so I'm going to say this wrong. Um, Gorsed, I think, of Bards, um, uh, at the National. Eisteddfod? Sure. Uh, Eisteddfod, probably, of uh-huh. Wales. It's like a, you know, a group of writers and yeah. art- artistics, you know? Uh-huh. So of it's which like, she isn't, but Okay. Sure. <laughs> right, exactly. She it's, does, not, it's not like that's a, one whatever. of her things, right? Like, right. for some royals, that is their thing. Yeah, that's maybe if it was thing. like a, a writing uh, group yeah, or something. But no. That's not her thing. I don't know, Amanda. Listen, okay. I, I can't imagine it actually did that much to get the Welsh on their side. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, which, you know, the Welsh shouldn't be on their side. So good for them. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> um, okay, so in 1947, Elizabeth goes with her parents to Southern Africa. And this is her first overseas tour. Um, she turns 21 while she's on the tour. And on her 21st birthday, she makes a radio broadcast um, to the Commonwealth and famously says... I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be short, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. Which is like, I hate when they call it. I hate when they say the imperial family because it's like you're just really saying the quiet part out loud, guys, literally. Yeah. And you're taking pride in it. And it's weird. Yeah. (laughs) It's a it's a weird flex. But she really did. You know, oh, she said yes. on her 21st birthday with her whole chest, and then she yes, did it. and she meant it. No mm-hmm. one, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but no one uh, had a sense of duty to the royal family like Elizabeth. No, yeah. We'll definitely get more into it in a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so, big event, folks. Elizabeth meets... Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark for the first time in 1934. This guy. And then again in 1937. Um, they are second cousins once removed through King Christian IX of Denmark and third cousins through Queen Victoria, which try to try to map that out. I dare Bonus you. cousin. Yeah, big time. Big time. Oh, man. When I told my kids that FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt were cousins, they were freaked by that. Like, yeah. Imagine yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Send them to any royal family. Yeah, like, let's talk about this, y'all. Yeah, right. Um, they meet for a third time in July of 1939 at the Royal Naval College in Dartmouth. Um, Elizabeth is 13 and Philip is 18. Yikes. And she falls in love with him immediately. Well, she's 13. Yep, 100%. 100%. Starts playing um, Taylor Swift's 15 big time oh. in the background. Just this is what's happening. Yikes, big yikes. But it's that feeling. Like, that's the emotion. Yeah. Now, they start exchanging letters. 16. Anyway, sorry. And I, Yeah. And I will give them this. Like, because of the way that they're like courting structure is set up they're not actually like it's not like they're dating the way that we would think of it Uh uh-huh like they're kind of just getting to know each other and they don't um get engaged until she's 21 and he's 26 that's good so their engagement is announced on july 9th of 1947 she did want to get engaged sooner, but her parents made her wait till she was 21. That's good. <laughs> Not even 18. They said you're going to be 21 before That's you. good. Because they had a lot of concern. I mean, there's more. We'll talk about the concerns around Philip. But part of their concern is that she wants, she is set on marrying the first man that she ever like fell in love with. Right. And right. ever really met. <laughs> Which is like fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously, especially because she was very young. Uh-huh. Now, again... To be fair to the other side, they did spend a lot of time getting to know each other and uh-huh. kind of got to know each other as adults, too. But so I'll some, give them that. But Some might call that grooming. Yeah. Although, she, I mean, I don't know. Like, she is fully initiating it because she yeah. has the power of 
the crown behind her but she's still 13 so it's not okay yeah it's weird uh but i would say that their real relationship probably doesn't really start until she's older i well probably not i think she just basically they're engaged yeah i think she just kind of loves him at a distance and he's kind of like am i gonna marry this princess or no because that's a big decision for him you know right i'm not saying he's totally not weird for like getting down with the 13 year old but you know what are you gonna do yeah. prob- they were gonna be driven together at some point i guess yeah and also he is the person he is anyway so hundred uh, percent yeah so the engagement is not just controversial because they met when she was 13 which i don't love it, um it isn't controversial <laughs> because of that people then no. didn't care about that well i mean nowadays we see yeah. that as controversial yeah. but back then the real issue is that philip is um foreign Mm-hmm. to britain he was not born in britain though he is a british subject and he serves in the royal navy and there are years and years and years worth of alliances that make that like okay or whatever but like yeah, yeah i mean it's not he's he has lineage from the british royal family uh-huh. it's just that he is not british and he doesn't have money because at this point his family is not really in charge of anything anymore they don't really have that much money it's all kind of ceremonial right he is a prince but is it for real for real not he's like a princess in the frog yeah kind of yeah prince yeah plus he has two sisters who are married to german noblemen with nazi ties yikes and it is post world war ii at this point right so not great but elizabeth is she does not want anybody else Mm-hmm. And she's getting a little older now. And she's going to be queen, and they want to get her married. Yeah. So this is also the point in time where um, the British control a large portion of Germany, and that also really yeah. changes a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For context's sake. Yeah. So in order to kind of quell some of the concerns of the British public, uh, Philip does renounce his Greek and Danish titles. Man. So yeah. by doing that, he is no longer a prince at this point. Uh huh. He converts from Greek Orthodoxy to Anglicism, which wasn't really a big leap for him, I don't think. Nah. He was not really that deep into it. Um, and he adopts the style lieutenant, or as they say, lieutenant, which is weird, uh-huh. Philip Mountbatten, which is, so Mountbatten is the surname of his mother's British family. Right. So that's his British line. So he takes their name, basically. Yeah. Um. That's, so shortly, that's so much that's so much for him to do. Yes, to it marry is. Yeah. Yes, it is. I have a lot of feelings about this marriage. I feel like uh-huh. we're gonna spend a lot of time on it. Okay, yeah, so that's fine. shortly before the wedding, he also gets the title the Duke of Edinburgh, which we all n- kind of s- knew him as for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, and he is given the style His Royal Highness. Uh-huh. So that's how you would it, when you meet Philip for the first time, if he were still alive, you would address him first as His Royal his Highness. Royal Highness. That's yeah. his title. So Elizabeth and Philip are married on November twentieth, nineteen forty-seven, at Westminster Abbey. Um, Elizabeth actually um, had to get a lot of ration coupons. She gathered them up and collected them to buy the material for her gown. Huh. Um, which yeah, I this found is interesting. Just after World War Two. Yeah. Yes, and even the princess had to take out rations, which I'm sure it's like very interesting because it's like on the one hand. Okay, maybe she experienced a little bit of what, like, the public was experiencing and needing to kind of 
earn her way to get this up, yeah. dress. But at the same time, it's like you're using rations for your wedding gown. Your giant, insane royal wedding gown. I mean, it wasn't that elaborate, but really. St- but still. But still, like, we're having this big wedding that mm-hmm. surely costs money. I, I just find that In a very war, interesting, yeah. um, you know, kind of just juxtaposition. Um, Philip's German relatives, uh, including his three surviving sisters, he has four sisters, one of them died in a plane crash. Plane crash? Car crash. Plane crash. One or the other. Plane crash, I think. Yeah. Um, we talked about it when we did him, because we that's did right, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Um, so his sisters aren't invited. Because um, they're Nazis. Right. And Elizabeth's uncle, Edward, the former king, is also not invited. Because he's a Nazi. <laughs> Right, and also the family was not interested in having him anywhere near a wedding <laughs> when his big scandal was getting married. Yeah. That would not look good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So in their private married life, oh god, oh we're about to talk they, a lot about this. <laughs> yeah, they're actually pretty traditional, like more than you would think a royal family would be, especially when. The woman is the one who has the power. Um, ha- has things to inherit. Yeah, he gave up all of his inheritance, and there wasn't that much there by that point anyway. Right. Um. So, but in the house, Philip is kind of the head of the household. He's the man of the house, mm-hmm. based on you know those those family dynamics that we know existed at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, okay, so we'll kind of loop back to that. So on November 14th of 1948, Elizabeth gives birth to her first child, Charles. Oh, this guy. Now, this guy. Uh, about a month after, or about a month before he was born, the king issues uh, letters patent to allow her children to use the style and title of royal prince or princess. Now, he had to do this because they wouldn't technically be entitled to those titles because their father is not a royal prince anymore at right. this point. Because he got she he denounced his title. Second in line, they still should be prince. Well, and princess. her kid yeah. is now third in line for yeah. the throne. Yeah. And kinda needs to be a royal prince. So they had yeah. to put he, they had to put that in writing to yeah. make it official, which I found interesting. Uh-huh. Um, We are not going to talk that much about Charles, so let's just move on for now. Um, On August 15th of 1950, she gives birth to their second child, Princess Anne. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the family moves to Clarence House in London in July of 1949. Um, This is their little, they love this little family home. And they, again, kind of just live like a mostly normal family i mean Mm -hmm. not entirely obviously but Mm -hmm. you know um at various times between 1949 and 1951 philip is stationed um in the british crown colony of malta that that's what it's called then um with the navy so he's still serving when they're married um and she kind of lives intermittently in malta for a few months at a time uh, while he's there. So they kind of, she kind of goes back and forth. The kids stay home mm-hmm. um, during that time because they're not that normal. <laughs> um, okay, so King George VI health starts declining around 1951. We know this. Um, and Elizabeth kind of starts filling in for him at public appearances and events. 
1952, Elizabeth and Philip start a tour that is going to be that's supposed to be through Australia and New Zealand. But they're going by way of Kenya. Right. So they go to Kenya first. So they go to Kenya. They are received there by a lot of people. They kind of sightsee for a while. And then on February 6th, they've just kind of gotten back to the home that they're staying in. Which, by the way, I watched a little documentary on... Oh, it was um, a National Geographic thing about the queen. And they had all these uh, recorded phone calls with, like, people who knew them. Um, And some of those people were in Kenya with them at the time. Ah. And the I think it was one of Philip's cousins said this house Sagana Lodge was a a gift to them which I I got really hung up on that cuz I was like do you call it a gift if they like are if you colonizers who exactly yeah. exactly I found that weird but anyway that's not the point of the, this bit but I just remember hearing that and being Getting like hung up on okay it, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're back at the home, and they receive word of King George the Sixth's death. Um, Philip actually is told first. Someone comes; he's like napping on, uh, on the couch, and somebody comes and wakes him up and tells him. So now he has to. Okay, just picture this. Oh. This is what I was thinking. You are. You've just heard that your father-in-law has died, mm-hmm. and also your father-in-law is King, king of, of England. England. Uh-huh. And now you have to go tell your wife. That her, her father died. died. Yeah. And also, you are telling her you are Queen of England now. How <laughs> bizarre is that? <laughs> I, I, and I'm not kidding. That scene in The Crown is... Oh, it's fabulous. ...beautifully done. <laughs> it's so good. They crush it. Yeah. So she becomes queen immediately. Yeah. And it's different, like... That you know, we've ta- we'll talk. I'm sure later about her death. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it was very different when she died because, like, Charles she, knew, yeah, he was he about had been to become waiting. king. He had been waiting. Yeah, and you know, they told us the day of how ill she was. Like he right. was, fully and he prepared. was there. Yeah, he, he was, was there. there. Yeah, this is very different. Yeah, they very thought different. he. I mean, he had been very sick, obviously, but they really. I mean. Philip really thought they had more time. Yeah. That's important. Philip really thought they had more time. Yeah. Like, I think Elizabeth, when she found out, when her father took the throne, I think she probably had the attitude of, like, any okay, it now. could happen at any moment. Any day now. Yeah. Um, though you can never really fully be ready when you're so young. Yeah. But Philip, I think, thought he had plenty of time to, like, live be this. Royal. <laughs> um, No. To, to live... A life as a normal married man for yeah. that time, which yeah. he very much expected. Yeah. Which is wild to me that he had that expectation. Because um, yeah. it's like you're marrying the heir to the throne, but whatever. Um, and so, okay, so she, she's told that her dad has died. They have to go back to England. She um, said to everybody who was on the trip, again, from that documentary, um, I think, again, it was the cousin was saying she kind of looked around and said, well, I'm very sorry. We have, We have to go home. We have to go home. Um, Mm -hmm. and she was very solemn and, you know, as she is, um, she decides to keep Elizabeth as her regnal name. Um, so she becomes Elizabeth II, which I'm sure people found kind of odd at the time, just because we've only, there was, we've only had one Elizabeth and she, it was like the Elizabethan age is a Uh very big deal. Um, but I thought, I like that she kept Elizabeth. I do too. 
Well, and then little did we know, it did yeah. sort of start a second. Yeah. E- but even if it hadn't, yeah. like, I would have still, I think, liked that she kept Elizabeth. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. it's interesting. Just the fact that she was the only other Elizabeth queen of yeah. England and she well, reigned for as long as she did is like. And in fact, um, the numeral offended some of the Scots because she was actually the first Elizabeth to rule Scotland. Sure. And I I find it interesting that she didn't become Elizabeth the second of and first and first of Scotland like James like James did yeah, yeah but I we had reached just I decided like they who were cares at the point where they were like it's too much <laughs> well I think they just decided who cares what the Scots think you know yeah. I think they had kind of well in that, their heads they've, they've adopted that the attitude Scots. yeah hundred percent it's always been there absolutely yeah. oh Amanda that's a whole yeah absolutely yeah okay so they go back to. The UK and Elizabeth and Philip move into Buckingham Palace with their kids. Um, And now there's big drama, okay? Because Uh now there's drama about whether or not the royal house will take Elizabeth's husband's name. Because, you know, when you get married, traditionally, the wife would take the husband's last name. But she is the queen and her house, her family is the royal family so whatever name they have that is the name of the, the royal, royal family, family has they can't really take his original last name right. because it's too german they don't want that and he's given it up anyway yeah 100 percent. um so enter lord mountbatten philip's uncle mm-hmm. Ugh, this guy well again we won't spend too much time on him but we'll touch he's we'll talk really about him later He's really something. And he is pushing for the name to be House of Mountbatten, which is like, I don't know who you thought was going to go for that. Yeah. Um, because he, Philip is not in charge. And, but, you know, he, uh, Lord, Lord Mountbatten is very Thomas Bolin. Okay. He's got <laughs> that energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he does. Um, so, okay. Philip wants House of Edinburgh. He won because he is the Duke of Edinburgh. Hey, Philip, what made you think that was going to happen? Well, I think he thought in his mind, maybe this is a compromise they'll go for. Yeah, but that's a Scottish, like, why, why Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I am with you. I know. Um, and Elizabeth's grandmother, Queen Mary, wants the name to be House of Windsor. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, it is Elizabeth's decision. Yeah. Because she's in charge. But who do we think she's going to side with? Come on. She, again, el- nobody has more of a sense of duty to this family mm-hmm. structure than Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So on April 9th of 1952, she declares that the house will remain Windsor. Yeah. Philip is pissy about it. Well, yeah, Again, this causes some big drama in their marriage because he does he's upset that his children won't have his last name. Well, in and fact, he also has this whole idea that um he's deserved this because yeah, 100%. he gave up so much uh-huh. to marry her. It's now, like dude, look, that was your cho- like yes he now, did, but also it was your choice, man. Like, yes, you he, decided he to do that because you wanted to be rich and royal. But like, absolutely, you you absolutely. you made the choice, and you were uh-huh. choosing to become a Windsor, and you always were choosing to become a Windsor. And I think you hundred percent, like hundred percent. But he's so he's very um, stubborn. Yeah, I, you know he. I, and Elizabeth loved him so much. I think maybe he thought he could talk her out of it. Yeah, or he or she would take his side. But she doesn't love but him never. as much as she loves the crown. Like absolutely not. Absolutely. You know. So, you know, he even says, like, I I don't remember the exact quote, but he basically says, like, 
I'm going to be the only man in all of England that can't give my children my name. It's like, well, tough luck, bud. You married the only woman in England that would not allow you to have that. (laughs) Sorry, you're in a very different situation than anybody before you has been in, but also deal with it. Like, yeah, for real to tell you. I, 100% 100% with you, Amanda. Um, so, I mean, later on in 1960, they decide to give the last name Mountbatten-Windsor um, for their male line relatives who or descendants who don't carry royal titles. Okay. So if, they're, if they aren't the uh, princes or princesses, basically. Uh-huh. So, like, their kids and their grandkids... Right, like William who and Harry are- don't have this last name because they have royal titles. Well, Harry not anymore, but they yeah. have royal titles, so they don't have that last name. Uh huh. Um, but like cousins or you know whatever. So does Harry have that last name now that he doesn't have a royal title? No, okay, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think they. I don't believe that they made him change okay. his last yeah. name. But I don't know. Actually, there it didn't say that in his book, so I don't think so. Yeah, I just think that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Again, Philip is very active. He believes in this traditional family structure. And he feels outshined by his wife. Because he is. A lot. And Elizabeth, at this point, also can't be the quote-unquote wife anymore. She can't mm-hmm. stay at home with the kids. She's got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she... No sympathy she, for Philip. <laughs> no, none whatsoever. No sympathy for this attitude now, whatsoever. <laughs> I, have, I have some sympathy in the sense that it's like... When you are not the one who is expected to do everything, what do you do? Yes. Like, what do you do with that? Your I, understand. I understand that. A hundred percent I understand yeah. that. But this but idea he's so, of being outshined by And his he's so wife, drag your feet up, about it. Like shut he gets so up, dude. He gets so offended when people are like, Well, maybe you could take up this interest or this interest. And I again, I get it, because it is like kind of patronizing to say Oh, why don't you find a hobby? Like, mm. I understand. But again, like, you know who you're marrying. Yeah. And but, you know at a certain point your job is based on her. So, like, you got to get okay with it, You know it, what, man. though? I think it's beautiful karma that one of the biggest <laughs> misogynists in, um, a, in high standing suddenly got to see what it feels like to be a woman in high uh-huh. standing. Like, yes. the fact that that happened to him, I think, is hysterical. It and is. Deserved. I agree. I agree. <laughs> But I think Elizabeth also probably felt at least a little bit of a loss of this yeah. kind of family life that she had kind of just gotten to start totally. doing. Yes. I get that. Yeah. But I, at the I same time. I feel way more sympathy for her than I do for I this. guess, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think she, I mean, she, again, expected to not be able to do it forever. Yeah. She and was just hoping to be a little older before she yeah, had she to just kind of got it. flung into it. Yeah. yeah. But I also think, again, she takes her duty so seriously that it was just like one to the other, you know, now it's time to switch the, you know, flip the switch. Uh So that's where we are. So we're going to prepare for her coronation now. So while they're preparing for Elizabeth's coronation, her sister, Margaret, Margaret wants to get married. She wants to marry her private secretary, Peter Townsend. Yes, she does. He's a divorcee. Yes, he He has two children from his previous marriage. And he's also 16 years older oh, than her. Margaret. Now, I'll give her this. She was an adult. She's like 22 at this yeah. point. But still. Still. Oh, girl, um, it's like, do you remember how we got into this situation? Yeah, exactly. 100%. Let's but flash back. Do now, you know but, why your sister's the queen? But her sister has kids. Uh-huh. She, at this point, is, unless her sister loses her children suddenly, she's not going to be queen. Right. And she knows that. So I think she thinks 
And maybe the and times she have and her sister. Yeah. Before, yeah, and before Elizabeth takes the throne, they're very close yes. still. Yes. And she thinks like she'll sympathize with me. And to an extent, Elizabeth does. She wants Margaret to have what she wants. Yeah. But she also is the Asking head of the Church of England. Difficult. Yeah. Yes, and the Church of England does not, at the time, allow remarriage after divorce. I think technically it still doesn't, but we've made a lot more exceptions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Specifically for Margaret. <laughs> well, actually, no, not for right, Margaret. But um, <laughs> we don't make any exceptions for Margaret. Oh, Margaret. Um, poor thing. So she Elizabeth asks her to wait a year. They'll be a little older. He'll be further out from his divorce and maybe... And also further out from her freshly becoming queen. Yeah. And so I think what she says to Margaret basically is like, maybe we'll just be a little more settled and, and we can convince them. But I, what Elizabeth is really thinking is like, maybe she'll lose interest. Uh-huh. Um, which is f- fair for Margaret. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so that's the choice, right? Wait a year or Margaret could get a civil marriage, but that would cause her to give up her her place in the line of succession. Mm-hmm. She definitely could not be queen mm-hmm. at that point. And she couldn't stay at her at court. current yeah. uh, rank and title. Ultimately, it doesn't happen. Um, you know, we don't know exactly how it went down. Obviously, there are depictions of it, but we weren't there. Uh-huh. So we don't know exactly how it went down. Publicly, the story was that Margaret decided not to marry him. Uh-huh. But, Privately, you know, there were some not. conversations and yeah. it was decided it was not going to happen. Uh-huh. Now, Margaret does eventually get married. She marries Anthony Armstrong Jones, first Earl of Snowden. Um, common, commonly just called Snowden or mm-hmm. Earl of Snowden. Um, they get married in 1960 and they divorce in 1978. See, um, my problem with hearing the name Snowden is all I can think of is the Macroy bit. There's Snowden <laughs> every time. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. they get divorced. They get divorced. They do, but she doesn't remarry. No, she doesn't. And so, so the church that's a that's little, the issue. A little less mad. Well, you can that. well you can get divorced yeah. in the Church of England. It's not the getting divorced; it's the remarrying, remarrying. after divorce, yeah. or like, marrying I, someone who has been divorced. Y'all, and do we again, remember why the Church of I England know, became a thing? I know, I know, I Amanda. Have a, lot of, I have a lot of thoughts about England. You don't generally. have to tell me. You don't have to tell me. Uh-huh. Oh, every that. time we talk about something English, my kids go, are we going to talk more about that? And I'm always like, well, no, because technically we have to focus on all of this stuff. But the thing is, is if we have time at the end of the year, <laughs> we I'm just going to sit them down with all of this. And I'm going to be like, hey, guys, do you want to talk about how the royal Do you want? Do you works? want me to make a silly PowerPoint about how the Church of England came to be for them? <laughs> Yeah, do you want to, do we just want to, can we just sit down and just talk about Henry VIII on together? Like, that's what I would like to do. Do you guys want to know why yeah. England is the way that it is right now? Because I have a I know, lot of right? Do you want to know why America exists? Let's talk about it. <laughs> they do. Okay, they, so, If I sat down there and did that with them, Of course they, they like, do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course they do. They're what, sixth graders? They want to know yeah. everything. Okay, so back to Elizabeth. So on March 24th of 1953... Her grandmother, Queen Mary, dies. Mm -hmm. Now, this is only notable because it's 1953 and she's supposed to be getting coronated. Uh Um, The date of the coronation is June 2nd. They decide to go ahead with it anyway because that's what Queen Mary wanted. She wants them to do it anyway. She knew she was going to go. She was pretty old by that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have the coronation. 
Um, it takes place at Westminster Abbey, and it's televised for the first time. Yes, big Again, deal. Again, largely on the, from the encouragement of Philip, who, I'll tell you what, I will give him this. Philip, for the time, understood that the monarchy needed to modernize a bit. He yeah. wasn't as intense about it as the people who came after him. Yeah. Because he was still very much a monarchist, but he knew that... Things had to change a little bit. So he kind of. The public image was really starting to turn. (laughs) And it needed to be. It it was important. You know, media is different when Elizabeth's on the throne than even when her uncle was on the throne, right? So he sees that, you know, times are, they are changing Uh and we need to change a little bit with them. Anyway, so it's televised, Mm -hmm. except for the anointing and the communion, which was kind of the big sticking point. That's the part that, like, the family was against televising that because uh-huh. it's like private, you know. Sure, I get that. Um, that's the royal. The, it's that's the, it's that's the, the religious, religious part. part of it. Yeah, right. Doesn't um, need to be a spectacle. I mean, it is, but it doesn't have to be for the public. I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Elizabeth uh, asked for her gown to be embroidered with the floral emblems of the Commonwealth countries. I think that's kind of cool. Like, it was I, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean. I, I, <laughs> Yes and no. Right. Like, well, it's I mean, a cool it's like, concept. It's, like, gross. But the problem. But also, like, the fact that she was right. wanting to actually involve well, their tradition. Yes. You know, Elizabeth like, is the, there is no person who is a bigger defender of the Commonwealth of England yeah. than Elizabeth, which we'll talk more about. Which is, like, it. girl, I wish I know. I know. But she at least cared a little more than some other people did. <laughs> some, yeah. Some, Yeah. Um, anyway, she's 25 at That's the time of her coronation. stupid. I'm 25. I know. I know. Isn't that wild? stupid. I cannot wild imagine that. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, of course, Churchill is the prime minister when she takes the throne. Oh, man. He's so and, fascinating. Yeah, he's fascinating. And he is the first of 15 <laughs> that she will have in England that will serve under her. Prime ministers. Oh. Um, initially, he kind of thinks she's very inexperienced and naive, but... They end up developing a very close bond. I'm not going to, again, we're all, we've already been talking forever and we're not even close to done. Um, so I'm not going to go too in depth about all the prime ministers. We're just going to kind of touch on them a little bit here yeah. or on, on a few of them. Um, but they have a close bond. The, um, U- the U.S., by the way, had 14 presidents during yeah. her life. I just I right, wanted yes. to, or during her time. She met 13 out of the 14 of them. I knew that yes, statistic, she did. but I couldn't remember it. I had to look it yeah. up. Um, okay, so... It's the 1950s. We got a new queen on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of depicted as being kind of glamorous and young and kind of a fairy tale queen because she's had this beautiful fairy tale wedding. She's got a family. Um, and, you know, they've just gone through a big trauma of a war. And we and all need a little bit of joy right now. Yes. And now another Elizabeth has taken the throne and they think, oh, a new Elizabethan age. Uh-huh. And little did they know. Yeah. What would happen. Yeah. Um. So, at the time that she's coordinated, uh, the British Empire has become the Commonwealth of Nations. Because it has shrunk a good bit. Yes, it basically just means that, like, a lot of countries have gotten independence from them, and they have decided to, in order to keep the ones that they have, they're going to give them more self-governance, right. basically. Right. Um, you know... I don't want to talk that much about the politics of the Commonwealth because, again, we don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, Elizabeth really believes in the Commonwealth. She, I mean, look, her duty is to keep it together. Uh-huh. 
right? The Empire has already fallen. Yeah. And this is what she has. So I don't agree with it. But it is the truth of her situation and her mindset. Right. That this is her job to keep the Commonwealth together, to keep them happy. I mean, it doesn't totally work. But for the most part, it does in her long life. Um, Yeah. So... In 1953, Elizabeth and Philip uh, go out on a seven-month round-the-world tour. They visit 13 countries and cover more than 40,000 miles by land, sea, and air. Um, And she becomes the first reigning monarch of Australia and New Zealand to actually visit those nations. Mm Um, in 1957, her annual Christmas broadcast is televised for the first time. Again, this is part of wanting to modernize the monarchy a little bit. Um, and also in 1957, um, she, so they visit Canada and the U.S. And, um, in 1961, she makes the first Royal British tour of the Indian subcontinent in 50 years. Man. Um, she's also the first reigning British monarch to visit South America and the Persian Gulf countries. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a little later on, but I just, you know, we're talking about firsts. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, okay. So also in 1957, she grants her husband the title of Prince of the United Kingdom. So that is why when we refer to him, we still call him Prince, Prince Philip. Yeah. Um, or sometimes people call him the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah. One or the other. Um, she's the queen and he's a prince and that makes yeah. me feel terrible they also. did not yeah. they did not want him to be king consort yeah. that was a big sticking point for the family and that's probably for the best it absolutely yeah. is for the best <laughs> um but again it was like the the german sentiment was still negative yep. um and he's got german relatives now mm-hmm. so we got to be careful about it i guess um they didn't want They didn't want him to have that title, Mm -hmm. which I think is perfectly fair, Mm -hmm. if you're asking me. (laughs) In February of 1960, Elizabeth gives birth to her third child. (sighs) I don't hate him as a child because he was a child, but I hate him now, Prince Andrew. (laughs) Um, And this makes her the first uh, reigning British monarch to, like, be to give birth while being the monarch since 1857. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And in March of 1964, she gives birth to her fourth child, Edward. He's the last one, right? Yeah, he's the last one. It's just, there's four of them. Um, Okay. So, on October 21st, 1966, we have the Aberfan disaster in Wales. So, this is when a big colliery spoil tip, which is basically like a big pile of all the stuff that comes out while you're mining coal Uh all the stuff it's a Uh big pile of it and it collapsed and slid um and it kills 116 children and 28 adults um and it engulfs a junior school in wales Um, so a children's Uh school um and a lot of the houses obviously in in the whole village um this is Tough for Elizabeth. Um, She is heavily criticized at this time because she does not immediately go to visit. Um, Actually, Margaret's husband is the first royal to visit. That doesn't surprise me. 
Yeah. Well, he's also not. I'm, we don't need to talk about yeah. him right now. But yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah. So she doesn't go. Her she's advised to visit, but she thinks that her presence might interrupt the rescue efforts, mm. which is fair, fair. Yeah. But she waits eight days. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go until October 29th of 1966. And she later would say that was like the biggest regret. One of her biggest regrets of her life mm-hmm. was not that going right away. she waited right so away. long to go. Yeah. Um, and when she went, she, it, that, it really stuck with her. Like the people who know, who knew Elizabeth will, would tell you that it, after seeing like how bad it was and knowing how many children were lost, it, it stuck with her forever. Yeah. Which how could it not? If it didn't, she would be extremely cold. <laughs> you could say a lot of things about the Queen of England. A lot of things. But I, don't, I wouldn't call her cold, no. necessarily. I mean, in terms of her personality. Um, okay, in 1965, she visits Germany, and she becomes the first British monarch to make a state visit there in more than five decades. That's wild. And in 1969, which is, of course, when we went to the moon, um, (laughs) Elizabeth officially grants her son Charles the title Prince of Wales, and his investiture is televised. Can I tell you something? I just talked to my kids about the space race, and I sure did have to say the year 1969 (laughs) a couple times, and the whole time, just in the back of my head. Did they know it? Did they know the song? No, because I didn't say it to them, because I knew they wouldn't know it. They are... I know. They were born in 2011, so... They wouldn't know what that show is. No. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, also in 1969, which is, of course, when we went to the moon, in another attempt to modernize the monarchy, Elizabeth allows the BBC to film the royal family in their everyday That's lives. Wild. This is very... Um, unexpected. <laughs> This is not something that any other royal before them has ever done. You don't get a peek into royal life. Yeah. But the family is seen as being very, very out of touch. Uh Not surprisingly, because, you know, they are. Um, (laughs) And um, so they're kind of trying to regain relevance. What they want to do is show, look, the royals are like you, but they also don't want you to think that you're like the royals too much. Right, that is a big problem for the royals. It's like and all the of time, they're just like us. Yeah, except really. except no, because the Kardashians do not want you to think you're like no, them. They don't. And I and I mean the royal family doesn't really either. But on some level, they need you to think it a little bit, uh-huh. right? So it's like a hard balance to strike. Um. So they, the BBC comes in, they follow them around for a while, they air it on the BBC, millions of people watch. Um, it's a 110 million film watched by 30 million people in 1969. Um, and it's it remains one of the UK's most viewed television broadcasts. Wow. Um, BBC estimates that it had more than uh, 350 million viewers worldwide. Wow. But after it airs, they stash it away. They they decide that was a mistake. We shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, because now they've seen too much of, you know, their lives. Mm-hmm. And they need to be seen as a little bit more mysterious. Um, and <laughs> Elizabeth apparently banned it. 
I, you know, I don't think she needed to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the the, uh, the institution kind of did that for her, right? Yeah. But the film was actually leaked in 2021 on YouTube. Oh. So for a while you could watch it, but it was removed because of copyright That's claims unfortunate from the palace. I'd like to watch but, that. I mean, all right. I mean, it's you can not, see parts of it. Listen, you can you see can parts of it. Try hard enough. <laughs> yeah, they put it in some documentaries here and there, like clips of it. And um, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So during the 1960s and 70s, there was a big old push for decolonization of Africa and the Carib- Caribbean. Yeah, Caribbean. I never know which way to say that. No. I say I feel like I say it differently every time I say Same. it. Um, more than 20 countries gain independence from Britain. Yeah. Um, as part of a planned transition, it's purposeful uh-huh. um, to self-government. It's not like it was all of a sudden and they did it and they did it and they did it. Like, it was planned. Yeah. Um, but this weakens their ties to the former empire, the now Commonwealth. Um, and it causes the British government to seek entry into the European community, which is basically like a stepping stone well, nowadays, it's a stepping stone to entering the European Union. Back then, the European Union wasn't around yet, but it was kind of the early days. Um, the European and Community they, is the the old title of, basically. Well, it's basically, still, I think it's yeah. still part of the, I don't, I don't totally understand. Yeah, it has but to anyway, do with financial stuff. Yes, economic yeah. stuff. Yeah. But anyway, that, they, they do get entry into that in 1973. Mm-hmm. Um. Elizabeth tours Yugoslavia in October of 1972. Doesn't exist anymore. Not a country. She's the, yeah, but she's the first British monarch to visit a communist country so because of that. Yeah, we're, we're um, deep in the Cold War right now. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm having a great time talking to people about the Cold War. We just did Vietnam. And boy, how oh, did yeah. I talk to them mostly about the protest movement. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 1976, she visits the U.S. for the 200th anniversary celebration of America's independence from Britain. <laughs> it's hilarious. I still think it's so funny. They said, come on over. That. I think it's so <laughs> funny that she I do too. Um, and that was, I, I know people now who, like, have pictures of her because they went to the celebration just to see her for a second. Like, it's so funny. It's like shady on both parts. Yeah. It's, it's shady to invite the queen and it's shady for her to come. It's so funny. And be like, good for you guys. You're so cute. <laughs> you like, did it's it. That kind of <laughs> oh, look, Very they're walking. So. Look at them go. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Weren't they just crawling? I just remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, more than a week. So just over a week later after that, she's in Montreal opening the Summer Olympics. Which is probably why she went in the first place. Cause it probably was like, I'm already going to be in North America. So I might as well. What? I'll just pop in. <laughs> and then I'll go see the one that is still under us. Right. That's so funny. Your neighbors are nice. They stay with us. <laughs> I'm still on them. their money. Yeah. I'm on their money. Yeah. Oh um, in 1977, we have Elizabeth's Silver Jubilee, which celebrates 25 years of her being on the throne. So insane. In 1977. Oh. Now, in 1979, we have a couple of dramatic events. Yes, yes, the yes. first one being the unmasking of Anthony Blunt, oh, who yes. used to basically work for the crown um, as a communist spy. Yeah. Now, he a had... deal. He had actually confessed, like, back in the 30s. Yeah. But they kept it quiet. And then Margaret Thatcher spilled spilled the tea about yeah, it. she did. <laughs> she was like, mm, didn't, did you know? 
And they were, everybody was like, what? No? Excuse huh? Me? Yeah. Drama. Ugh. And then also in this year, um, Philip's uncle, Lord Mountbatten, is, Mountbatten, why did I say that like that, um, is assassinated by the provisional Irish Republican army. Yeah. Um, he goes out fishing in a boat and the boat blows up because the, <laughs> the IRA had put bombs in his boat. Yeah. Assassinate him. There's a lot going on over there. Yeah. So that was wild. Yeah. Um. Now during 1981, so they're doing the trooping of the color ceremony, which is a bit like a military, you know, exhibition kind of thing. But she she is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's about six weeks before her son Charles is supposed to marry. Lady Diana Spencer. Again, there's another episode. On that. We'll come back. We'll come back. Um, and during this ceremony, six shots are fired at Elizabeth from close range as she's riding down the mall in London on her horse. Um, they later, the police later find out that the shots were blanks, so it couldn't have killed her. And they find the person who did it is a 17 year old Marcus Sargent. Um, and he's sentenced to five years in prison. Um, he's released after three. Wow. And then... Only five years in prison for an attempted assassination. Even with blank still, that's kind of crazy. Probably because he was 17. He probably had some sort of, uh, was mental into health treatment. Way, yeah. No, I mean, no, I mean, as part of his, uh, punishment, he probably had some sort of mental health treatment. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Um, that October... She's visiting um, New Zealand and a different 17 year old, <laughs> uh, Christopher John Lewis, fires. <laughs> I know, fires a shot with a 22 oh. rifle from the fifth floor of a building that's overlooking her parade coming in, uh-huh. um, but he misses. These kids really sat down with the monarchy. I know. Um, he's arrested, but instead of being charged with attempted murder or treason, he's sentenced to three years in jail for unlawful possession of a discharge of, uh, and discharge of a firearm. I don't know, Amanda. That's a great question. Two years into his sentence, he tries to escape a psychiatric hospital that he's staying at with the intention to assassinate Charles. (laughs) Who's visiting at that point with Diana and and um her their kid William? Oh my god! Which is wild. <laughs> that is wild. Oh. And I don't know what happened to him after. I mean, that. listen, I no idea. Ass- assassinations were all the rage at this point. <laughs> um, oh god, I that's ta- terrible. I was, talking, I was talking through my the Vietnam War with my kids. We covered four assassinations. Mm-hmm. Four. Yeah, it sounds about right. All time, and that's not even all the ones we could have talked about. No. Yeah, we hit four. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's talk about another crazy story. So in 1982, on July 9th, Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth is awoken in her bedroom at Buckingham Palace to find an intruder in her room. His Who? name is Michael Fagan. They co- they cover this on the crown, so you'll see okay. you, you'll see it in the show. You Who haven't gotten got that far yet. After this? I hope oh, everybody- Amanda, what? Just wait till you hear the details of this. I'm thrilled to tell you this story because you don't know it because you haven't gotten that far in Y'all the crown yet. And they actually do a pretty good job of of portraying it in the crown, you okay. know. But anyway, okay. So 
He had broken into the palace palace once before this. What? <laughs> he had shimmied up a drain pipe. He's discovered by a maid. On, the, on this, his first visit, by the way. I was talking to you about the first visit. She calls security. And by the time the guards get there, he's gone. Wow. Um, he, like, would later say that he had entered the palace through an unlocked window on the roof. He wandered around. He, for about a half hour, he stole cheese and crackers um, and ate them. Three alarms were tripped but the police turned them off thinking that they had just malfunctioned because he looked at the portraits he sat on one of the thrones (gasps) he drank half a bottle of wine (laughs) he got tired and he left (laughs) so that was the first time he went to bucky he visited what oh wow i hope they fired everyone i know right so then on the second break-in, you know, the one we started with, uh-huh. it's around 7 a.m. He, um, he scales Buckingham Palace's 14-foot-high wall, perimeter wall. Oh, my God. That is topped with revolving spikes and barbed wire. Oh, my God. He climbs up a drain pipe to get up there. Uh-huh. An alarm detects him. But again, they think it's faulty and they turn it off. Oh, my God. He wanders around the royal apartments. (gasps) He breaks a glass ashtray and cuts his hand. And then he just wanders into the queen's bedroom holding a piece of the glass. Oh, my God. She wakes up when he, like, disturbs the curtain in her room. And it's morning, so it, like, lets light in and Uh it wakes her up. Um, there are initial reports that he sat on the edge of the bed and that's what woke her up. But he later says that, um, that didn't happen. She woke up and then she leaves the, she left the room to find security. She called Amanda. She calls the pal, the palace switchboard twice for police. (gasps) But nobody shows up. For the so queen she, of England. I know. So she uses her bedside alarm bell because she has that because she's the queen of England and she needs security. And she also calls for one of the housemaids um, who's out in the hall and they run to find help. And it happened when the armed police officer that is stationed outside the, the bedrooms uh-huh. had gone off duty before his replacement came. Sure. So it just happened to be... He happened to wander that direction, right? At the literal changing of the guard in her bedroom. She could have died. I know. Isn't that wild? What? That's crazy. And I hate to tell you this, my friend, but that's where we're going to end for today. (laughs) I I figured we'd end on the drama today. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) cliffhanger that's not really a cliffhanger because we know she's fine but like wow isn't that wild that is wild oh my god i get and i don't know i don't think that you would consider that an assassination attempt because he didn't actually actually try to harm her but he could Um, have but if you did then you that would be three in the course of like a year basically yeah and i used (laughs) to know the number of attempts on her that's oh god i didn't even look it up because her life was so long so there were a lot but i don't now 
Yeah, I don't either off the top of my head. But anyway. That's so, insane. That's part one, folks. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I'm looking at our time here. And I know it's not going to actually be that long because we ha- we had a couple of stops towards the beginning of the episode that I have to cut out. But That's this still is going to be long. Eas- I mean, easily a good chunk over an hour. Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't know that part two will be quite as long, but who knows? We have so much to talk about. Yeah. Like we talked a l- about a lot more than was in my notes just because there's so much to say. Yeah, and because both you and I are very interested in this particular person, and so we both have a lot of Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. That is definitely true. Yeah. So, folks, that is Queen Elizabeth II, part one. Oh, my God. Um, hope you found it interesting up to this point. Uh, I know, again, like, we skipped over a lot, but again, like, this is part one of two. We, I couldn't, I can't put every single thing that happened in her life, because she lived for so long. Um, but, yeah, she, man, lots going on so far. Yeah, for sure. And we've, we've, like, just hit the 80s. Oh my god, we still have. And we're gonna, yeah, yeah, so. We still have 40 odd years to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Lordy. Yeah. So, that's where we are. Awesome. End part one. Uh-huh. Um, I've, man, I totally forget what else we're supposed to say because I'm just so not used to two-part episodes. Okay. Um, we will be back with part two for our next episode, which comes out two weeks after this episode. Uh-huh. So, get ready. Um, also, I looked I, it up while you were talking. Charles's uh, coronation is actually May 6th. So it'll be just after oh, right. our second part comes out. Okay. I was thinking that it was April for yeah. some reason. But it will be not very long after. Okay. God. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Look at our... We planned that. Oh, my God. Oh, we're not going to be able to watch it live because that's graduation day. Oh, uh, that's okay. That's I fine. don't need to watch King... I don't need to I watch do. Charles. I don't need to watch that live. Yeah. I don't... No, I'm good. That's I mean, I will watch it. Yeah. I don't need to watch it. I needed to watch Elizabeth's funeral live. Yeah. I don't need to watch his coronation live. I'm good on that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we will pick up with with the 80s next time. Um, and there's a lot to talk about in the 80s and 90s, obviously, in the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, I hope you'll all come back for that. Um, no clue what's happening after we get through these. We'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but in the meantime, if you have topic suggestions for other episodes or if you just want to ask us things or whatever, um, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at rttpod. We're also on Facebook if you want to go over there. Whatever. Um, I don't know why you would, but you can. It exists. Um, and we would really love it if you would leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you would like to find me on the internet, I am at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Whew! Well, folks, it was a bit of a bit of a climb, and we'll do it again next time. Yes. <laughs> and until that next time. Remember that time.